Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Every Thursday evening, I have a chance to go onto my local radio station here, KGEZ, and talk about the Seahawks with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. We look back at last week's Seahawks game, look ahead to the game coming up, and we offer our picks for the upcoming slate of games. So we'll be getting into this Sunday's matchup with the Minnesota Vikings coming up. But before we get there, we got a couple of news items out of Pete Carroll during his Wednesday press conference. Rasheem Green, Philip Dorsett, both looking like they could come off of injured reserve after the Seahawks bye week coming up after this Minnesota Vikings game. We also heard from Pete that Jamal Adams is already being ruled out of the week five matchup against the Vikings, so he'll miss his second straight game. Hopefully that means there's some good news ahead and that he'll be back after the bye week. In other news, and I'll be chatting with Anthony about this as well, defensive lineman Damon Snacks Harrison added to the Seahawks roster this week. He has played for the New York Jets, the Giants, as well as most recently with the Detroit Lions. And he's been sitting out early this season, deciding whether or not he wanted to play this year. He has made a decision. He is returning to football and is playing for our Seattle Seahawks. So he'll be joining a squad that has already been stout against the run this season. So an improvement for the Seahawks in terms of depth, for sure. And like I said, I'll be talking with Anthony about that a little bit more coming up. First, a look at our injury reports going into Sunday's game after Wednesday and Thursday. The Seattle Seahawks have four players who did not participate in practice on Thursday. Safety Jamal Adams, who, like I said, has been ruled out already for Sunday's game. Nico Thorpe, who sat out last week, continues to sit out with a hip injury. Leno Hill, who also missed last week with a back injury. He did not practice either day. And first-round draft pick linebacker Jordan Brooks, who missed last game, also sat out both days with a knee injury. Three players who sat out on Wednesday but were able to participate on Thursday. Dwayne Brown, who we've seen multiple weeks on the injury report with a knee injury. He moved to limited participation on Thursday. K.J. Wright listed as out with an illness on Wednesday, but he was a full participant on Thursday. And Quinton Dunbar with his knee injury did not participate Wednesday, but was limited in practice on Thursday. So he may be trending toward playing this Sunday. Chris Carson went from a limited participant in practice on Wednesday to a full participant on Thursday. Tight end Will Disley still recovering from his Achilles surgery, limited in practice both days. Cornerback Shaquille Griffin listed as a limited participant in practice both days with a shoulder injury, along with Carlos Hyde, who sat out last week against the Dolphins. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett continue to show up on the injury report on Wednesday as limited participant, now listed as load management, where in previous weeks they were listed as resting veterans. I think it means the exact same thing, but they also list Greg Olson as a resting vet. So if it means the same thing, they have it down different for Greg Olson. All of them were full participants in practice on Thursday. Rookie right guard Damian Lewis recovering from his ankle injury. He was a limited participant on Wednesday, but full participant on Thursday. Left guard Mike Upati, however, he was limited with a knee injury and then added a back injury with his limited participation in practice on Thursday. Same status, but also an added injury for him. Defensive end Benson Mayoa continuing to fight through a groin injury limited both days in practice. And linebacker Cody Barton limited both days in practice with a quadriceps injury. A new name to watch here on the injury report, as I don't think we've seen Bobby Wagner show up this season, and he did look like he was nursing some kind of injury during that Dolphins game, and he was a full participant with a rib injury in practice on Wednesday, but then moved to limited in practice on Thursday. 
So we'll be watching to see what happens with Bobby Wagner here coming up later this week. Other names on the list, Ethan Posick, Shaquem Griffin, Jaron Reed, Puna Ford, Jamarco Jones, Trey Flowers, and David Moore, all listed as full participants with their injuries. Looking over at the Minnesota Vikings injury report, the biggest name to watch will be linebacker Eric Kendricks, who did not practice with a foot injury both on Wednesday and Thursday. Looking at some of the tweets, it looks like he may be expected to play, but something to watch on Friday's injury report. The Vikings starting at kick returner and punt returner K.J. Osborne. He did not practice either Wednesday or Thursday. He has a hamstring injury. Starting cornerback Holton Hill limited in practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. He did not practice on Thursday. Their other starting cornerback Mike Hughes has been out the last two weeks. He's on the injury report with a neck injury, but was a full participant in practice both Wednesday and Thursday. So he's expected to be back this week after missing two games. Starting center Garrett Bradbury listed with a knee injury. He was a full participant in practice both days. Wide receiver Adam Thielen has a shoulder injury. He was limited on Wednesday, but a full participant in practice on Thursday. The only other starting player of note for the Vikings on the injury report was right tackle Brian O'Neill with a shoulder injury, but he was a full participant in practice both days. And that's a look at the injury report for both teams. Let's get into my weekly chat with Anthony Knockreiner and the Knock on Sports. We turn our attention from high school football and college football to the NFL. And as he does every single week here on a Thursday on the Knockout Sports, it is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union hotline. Brandon, it is great to chat with you once again, my man. I, I will say this. You you may find me at slight pauses as I am also keeping an eye on the Bucks game. Yes, I, I can understand that completely. I know it's it's difficult when you're trying to do your job and also watch football at the same time. I, I will uh if you know if you if I just hear you drop off, I'll just take over the show for you. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Brandon, it's all yours. You do you got the last 20 minutes. I'm I'm out of here. I'm gonna go watch the I, Bucks I think game. we're in a commercial now, so I think we're okay for for a couple minutes at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Brandon, let's start here. Obviously not talking about the Buccaneers. Um, the Seahawks 4-0, get the win, big win over the Miami Dolphins. What'd you take away from it? Well, we saw more of the same from Russell Wilson, except it, it, we saw it a little bit later, maybe than a lot of Seahawks fans wanted to see when it was 17-15. I know there were Seattle fans that were getting nervous. It was too close for comfort, but really when the Dolphins went for that last field goal to make it 17-15. That's what said to me that the Dolphins just weren't going to be playing aggressive enough to try and win this late. And sure enough, right after that field goal, the Seahawks able to put two quick touchdowns up on the board. And that was enough for them to put this away. And that's, you know, between their ability to score quickly in the fourth quarter and then what we saw on that 32nd you know, the last 30 seconds of the first half and hitting David Moore wide open, which set up that that uh, Travis Homer touchdown right before the end of the half. We could see that this Seahawks team can score quickly and especially when it's playing against, us, uh, you know, a defense that may not be the best. Yeah, I was going to say I, one thing that really stood out to me is the defense, though, for the Seahawks. And I'm a little surprised you haven't added them in there, only giving up five field goals. They did give up the touchdown uh, as well. But at the same time, a much better defensive performance. And again, I know a weaker team and Ryan Fitz tragic was the one that showed up on Sunday. Um, but still, I thought defense played a lot better than we had seen in previous weeks. Yeah, and I thought that was a step forward from what we'd seen in previous weeks. They They did allow a lot of yards once again they're still leading 
the league in defensive yards allowed, but it's the points allowed that really matters. And to hold them to field goals five straight times, to get two interceptions off of Fitzpatrick, they probably should have had five if K.J. Wright catches all the ones that are thrown right to him. But they only really made him punt the one time, which I think was the second drive in the game. So I think there still is room for improvement on the defense, but it was nice to see at least those field goal stops. Yeah, and on top of that, too, Seattle continues to do well on the East Coast, which uh, some of the previous teams in the NFC West mm, weren't so lucky. No, not so much. Yeah, that was good to see, and especially on a hot day, which, you know, if if you look back at the Seahawks records and, well, just the, the amount of points that they put up when they play in those really hot environments, they don't usually put up 30 points in those types of games. So with the heat and the humidity and their ability to still put up points, that was, uh, I, I like to see that. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Uh, Brandon, another target here is more. Obviously, a lot of people are paying attention to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and Metcalf had a good day as well, but more with the two touchdown catches. Right now, you've got three strong wide receivers. You've got three good tight ends as well. I mean, the weapons are abundant here. Chris Carson, also good to see him. Uh, I, I don't know if he's fully healthy, but good to see what he was able to do. Uh, but again, this offense, it just feels like it's stockpiled full of, full of weapons for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and they may not be done. Uh, Philip Dorsett, we haven't seen him yet come off of a He's injured, and we may see him here coming up after the bye week. Josh Gordon, we're still waiting for an answer from the league on whether or not he'll be allowed to return to the NFL. So there could be more weapons for Russell Wilson. And yes, David Moore, you know, like I mentioned that to catch that big 57 yard catch right before the end of the first half to to get his toes down in the back of the end zone when Russell Wilson caught the Dolphins with 12 men on the field. That was fun. And yeah, it's, it just shows you a game like this where Tyler Lockett can have a down day and have a pass thrown to him that should have easily been caught yet to make up for that. You have a big game from David Moore and you see Chris Carson. That, that was one of the most impressive things for me in this game is that coming off of that injury against the Cowboys and really not knowing if he was going to get any snaps, he ends up running the ball 16 times. We see him on the sideline hurtling over a guy who's, you know, he's almost, uh, five feet in the air as he's hurtling the the Dolphins defender. It it made me think that, yeah, he's probably okay. Brandon, uh, looking ahead now, midweek, interesting acquisition here. Snacks Harrison, big defensive tackle, signed to the practice squad. We'll see if he makes any kind of contributions. I don't know if that'll be this week at all, but your thoughts on big man Snacks Harrison? He was out there on the practice field, so they added him to the practice squad, which was a little bit interesting. You know, some Seahawks fans scratch on their head a little bit uh, when they saw that, but it sounds like it's kind of a procedural type thing. So maybe we see him, you know, with the rules of being able to elevate two players from the practice squad right before the game. We'll see if that's what they intend to do with Harrison or if they intend to keep him there for uh, through this game and then have him up and ready for after the bye week for the Seahawks. But yeah, kind of nice to add a big run defender right in the middle of the line. Uh, you know, I know they have Puna Ford, they have Jaron Reed, and they have one of the best rushing defenses in the league right now. So not a bad addition to make that an, an even better squad up front. Brandon, you put something out on Twitter. I believe it was yesterday. Maybe it was a day before that, too. Um, but I didn't realize this. Pete Carroll has not lost to the Vikings since what the mid nineties when he was a Patriots assistant or no, he was with the head coach of the Patriots. He was but, the head coach. Um, yeah. Yeah. So 
that's impressive. Pete Carroll doesn't lose to the Vikings. It it was interesting to me too because I looked at that stat of Russell Wilson hasn't lost to the Vikings. He's six and zero against him in his last six games. But I, I I wanted to see if Pete Carroll had something. If there was just something there because I knew that you know he had. Uh, that's really where he got most of his growth in the NFL was defensive backs coach for the Vikings, uh, 85 through 89, right in that range, the late 80s. And then after he left there, he went on to become defensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh, He was a defensive coordinator, I believe, for the 49ers. And just looking at all those games, he had never, the only time that he lost to the Vikings was in 1997 as head coach of the uh, of the Patriots. So kind of a, a wild stat that yeah, he doesn't seem to lose to the Vikings. So it makes you wonder if he has a little something extra when it comes to his team that, you know, really, uh, you know, launched him into his NFL career. Well, Brandon, this is a very different Vikings team that we've seen in previous years. Not a lot of defenses. So they haven't got a lot of guys that are uh, missing due to injury here. But offensively, it seems like they've really uh, awaken here. They took down the Texans last week. Uh, Thielen, uh, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook was really good last week. Kirk Cousins not turning the ball over again. He's he, this is prime time, so this could be a really bad <laughs> night for Kirk Cousins as well. But what do you think about the matchup here? As the Vikings offense so far is the bright spot for that team. I know. I feel like this is a repeat of the matchup between the Seahawks and the Cowboys because very similar type of matchup. All the weapons on the offense, injuries impacting the defense. And not much of a pass rush for the Minnesota Vikings. you got to worry a little bit about Yannick Ngakwe, just like with the Cowboys, you had to worry about Alden Smith. And so this could be a similar type of shootout type game. Nice to see the Vikings having a a replacement so quickly for Stephon Diggs with Justin Jefferson tearing it up these last couple weeks. And you always have to worry about Adam Thielen. So uh, the, the quickness they have at wide receiver uh, it, it could allow the the Seahawks to struggle once again on defense. And so that has me a little bit concerned. But I think if the run defense can continue to shut down opposing running backs the same way they shut down Ezekiel Elliott in that game against the Cowboys, make make the Vikings one dimensional, make Kirk Cousins have to throw the ball, you know, 30, 40 plus times in the game. And I think that uh, that gives them the advantage against the Vikings. Brandon, are you kind of concerned, though? Because, I mean, again, the Vikings have been a team that's, you know, you can easily look past them. I mean, this is not a very good football team right now. Obviously, Kirk Cousins, that record always plays a part in a prime time. Does that concern you at all? Maybe looking, seeing a team look past uh, this team to get ready for the bye? Well, then again, I go back to Pete Carroll's record against the Vikings. I don't think he's looking past the Vikings. I, I think he likes to beat his former team. Wow. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Coming up next year on the Knock On Sports, we will make our NFL picks. Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. We've been talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Brandon, before we dive into our picks, though, real quick, the your thoughts on the NFC West. Um, we'll talk about it here. Obviously, the Eagles. They got both of us, uh, obviously, I'm sure, to the smile for you. But uh, what do you think about the NFC West right now? Cardinals going down, uh, the the 49ers going down as well. Kind of looks like it's just you and the Rams. Yeah, the only thing that would have been better is if the Giants would have beaten the Rams last week. But that's a big ask. And the fact that they held them under 20, I suppose, 
is a, a win for the for Giants fans this this past week. But yeah, happy to see the 49ers go down. They're going to be getting you know some of their weapons back this week, so they could they're not out of it by any stretch. And that uh, that Rams team does look like the one to worry about. I think the Cardinals will bounce back. So this is going to continue to be a really competitive NFC West. And yeah, even though there were some losses this last week, I, I don't see any of those teams going away anytime soon. Brandon, looking at our NFL picks right now, uh, right now I'm ahead of you, bud. Uh, I, I got three games on you last week. Uh, I had a pretty good week. I think I went 10-5. Uh, you, on the other hand, you went 7-8, and eight, I believe. It wasn't my best week, and I, I kind of realized that after we finished up. I took some risky picks, and none of them paid off. So, yeah, congratulations to you so far. But I'm going to be coming back, Anthony. As I Hey, listen, I have no doubts in my mind. I'm not going to start, uh, you know, uh, getting my hopes up too high here because I don't think I'm going to put you away just yet. Uh, but let's start here, Tampa Bay versus Chicago. Uh, Thursday night football, no question about me. I picked the Bucks here. Who would you have? I had the Bucks as well, you know, battle of two, three and one teams. And if you look at how the Bears got here, it was wins over the Lions, Giants and Falcons. And so they've only beat bad teams. The Bucks are a good team. It was easy for me to pick Tampa Bay. This one's interesting. Carolina and Atlanta. Do you trust the Falcons here or do you think Carolina gets back on track? Yeah, I picked the Falcons as my upset pick last week against the Packers, and that did not work out, did it? Uh, and so... Nope. Uh, you know, if they can't beat the Panthers, I may not pick them for the rest of the season. I'm going to go Atlanta one last time for now. All right. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to take Carolina to win uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. That might be the smarter move. <laughs> uh, we got some schedule changes. Uh, Buffalo at Tennessee was originally scheduled at one. Right now, it looks like it's going to be played Tuesday if it's played at all, because Tennessee can't get themselves out of their own uh, COVID-19 troubles here. Um, but Buffalo, Tennessee, if it's played, who do you like? If it's played, I do like the Bills because I don't know how many players are going to even have to sit out for Tennessee in this game. So it's, and the Bills, one of the best teams in the league right now. So easy, kind of easy to pick them. Uh, Denver at New England. We played on Monday night football. Who do you like there? I am going to pick, let's see, Denver and New England. Cam Newton could be back in this game. I am going to go ahead and pick New England, even though Brett Rippon got me last week. I, I think that even if New England plays their backup, I think I would still go ahead and pick the Patriots in this game. I took the Patriots as well. I took the Bills in that last one as well. So I agree with you, Brandon. I'm going to take the Patriots to win here. I just don't trust Denver uh, to this point. Uh, Kansas City hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Who do you like? Yeah, ripping against uh, Sam Darnold was a little bit different story. Now he's going up against Mahomes. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. All right, so you got Mahomes. I got Mahomes as well. I think Kansas City is going to be really tough to beat. Uh, Arizona at the New York Jets. I'm taking the Cardinals. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. You can't count out the Cardinals just yet. Just when you think that maybe they're struggling a little bit, they get an easy team like the Jets and uh, a perfect get-right game for the Cardinals. Uh, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Eagles coming off a big win here. Uh, Pittsburgh, a tough football team, didn't play last week. What do you think about this matchup? One of the best pass rushing teams in the league uh, with Watt on the side of the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope that Carson Wentz can survive this game because with the way that that Philly offensive line looks, I mean, he even struggled. I mean, we saw him running all over the field, trying to get away from defenders against the 49ers. 
Eagles fans may think that they want to see Jalen Hurts, but I saw him come in against that game in the game against the 49ers and he immediately fumbled the snap. And I don't even know if he made it back into the game. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Steelers in this game. All right. So Steelers for both of us so far. Only difference is Carolina and Atlanta Uh, Rams at the Washington football team who is starting Kyle Allen. He's starting Kyle Allen, but will he be finishing? Are we going to see Alex Smith in this game, Anthony? The hit listen, his story is great, but I think it might be just a little sooner for Alex Smith. I don't know. I don't know if you roll the dice with him. I don't know if you put him out there against uh, Aaron Donald either in his first game oh, yeah, back. I mean, so I I think I'm with you. But yeah, with Haskins bench, Kyle Allen coming in, I think the Rams are just gonna be able to put up more points against uh, Washington. So I'm I'm gonna take the Rams. Cincinnati at Baltimore here. Joe Burrow gets his first win last week. Lamar Jackson's been held out of practice. I imagine he's going to start. I'd be shocked if he didn't, but I'm still going to take the Ravens. Yeah, I would take the Ravens too. You know, Burrow put 33 points up against the Jaguars defense, but uh, I think that Bengals defensive line is probably going to make it so the Ravens can rack up about 500 yards in this game. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston. Listen, I don't understand how Jacksonville's the underdog here, but on the Montana Sports betting app, Jacksonville's plus 190 on the money line here against the Houston Texans who just fired their head coach and they have Romeo Cornell. Again, I get it. I'm taking Jacksonville here on the upset, but I'm surprised that people are looking at Houston as a favorite for firing their head coach this week. That's exactly why they're a favorite, Anthony. If Bill O'Brien were still the head coach, I would be picking Jacksonville. So now that he's gone, I think Watson, you know, he'll go out there. He'll pick apart the Jags defense. I'm taking the Texans. All right, Miami at San Francisco. I'm taking Miami as my upset. I was I had Miami down as my upset pick this week, too. Now I'm going to have to change because I, I could come back uh, now that Jimmy G is coming back. Debo Samuel coming back. Raheem Mostert probably coming back this week, too. So if you're going Miami, I'm going to I'll switch my uh, I, I'm going to have to pick a, another upset here among these last few games. So I'll take San Fran. Indianapolis at Cleveland. Who do you like? Even though Nick Chubb is out for the Browns, I think we saw Cleveland really find their formula for winning football games. It's still through the run game. I think even with Chubb out, they can run uh, against the... Now, this is going to be a a big test for them because this Indianapolis defensive line, they have a top five run defense. So, I mean, if they can run against Indianapolis, this might might be a good sign for Cleveland Browns fans. I, I will take the Browns in this game. I'm going to take Indianapolis on this one, and I think the Colts uh, grab the win here. Again, their defense has been proven. Uh, they look very good. Phillip Rivers made some smart plays. Again, not a lot of points against a tough Chicago defense. I think you know Chicago's defense is better than Cleveland, so I'll take Indianapolis uh, in this one. I Also, changing my pick here because you're taking Cleveland. I, I feel like if you're going to take Cleveland on this one, I might as well take advantage of it. <laughs> um, Giants at Dallas. Giants at Dallas. You know, I was impressed that the Giants defense, they held the Rams in check. I don't think they're going to be able to do that with Dallas. Uh, you know, Dallas, the the top scoring. I think they may not be the top scoring team, but they're definitely tops in yards. And uh, yeah, I think through in scoring behind the Packers and the Seahawks. So I think they're just going to put up too many points that the Giants won't the Giants offense won't be able to, to compete with that. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Dallas here. I think this is a get-right game for them as well. Uh, again, I don't think... I'm surprised that the Giants' defense was as stingy as it was last week, but I don't think they'll be going to be that way. 
again. Uh, no shocker here. Sunday night football, Minnesota at Seattle here. Brandon, who do you got? Yeah, I like Russell Wilson to go 7-0 and against the Vikings and the Seahawks to get their first 5-0 and start in franchise history. Uh, Monday night football, the L.A. Chargers at the New Orleans Saints. I will take New Orleans here. Justin Herbert named the starter for the uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. So I, I just don't know if that helps them necessarily. I think Drew Brees, he he finally gets the Saints to their third win this season. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take the Chargers after what I saw last week from Justin Herbert. I think he can do all sorts of things uh, to the New Orleans Saints. And so, uh, and again, this is also a little bit more spiteful driven. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I, I kind of got the sense of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take the Chargers to beat the Saints. Those are our NFL picks. Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Joining me. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episodes of the podcasts, how can they do that? Yeah, check it out. Seahawkerspodcast.com or subscribe on subscribe to the Field Goals Podcast, sbnation.com slash NFL Podcasts. Brandon, always a pleasure. Always fun to chat with you, my man. Always enjoy talking NFL and making our NFL picks. Best of luck to you this weekend and chat with you next Thursday. I didn't even have to take over for you, even though we saw a Bucks touchdown in this. Thanks, Anthony. Go Hawks. <laughs> 